Buff Nation! Let's go! <laughs> Welcome into DMVR Buffs Primetime. We are presented by Legal Pete's. Check out any of their 10 Colorado locations for happy hour 36 p.m. every day. Are we still no sound? No, we're, we're back. Well, someone else let us know. We should have sound now. Hello, puppy. We have a guest on the show again today. <laughs> All right, we're good. So, someone said we're good now, so I assume we're good. Um, Allie there we go. was so What's distracted by the beautiful puppy here that she couldn't do her job. What's the puppy's name? Kinley. Kinley. That is Kinley. I'm sorry. It, it should have been working. I'm it's really sorry. And then the dog came in, and then I got a little distracted. Great. I'm sorry. This is a great way to get dogs banned from the office. Allie, yeah. Good job. <laughs> Um, okay. I don't know how much you guys actually heard, but there's tons to talk about today. Um, the boys are working. If you didn't hear that, no, they didn't. I don't think they heard anything before we said, okay, let's go (laughs) the second time. Um, so the boys are working. Uh, Miles Slusher is getting some hype from his coach. Shador is finally allowed to work out with a team, and we've got expansion news, but the boys are working. Yeah, and like I said, I think it's a they've turned a corner from honeymoon phase everyone's excited everything's new oh like what's this in the facility to now like now we're home this is the spot let's get to work and you and you can almost like i don't know you can sense it you can feel it in the videos it's not as much just like oh my god this is new and fun it's like all right we gotta get working now if we're gonna be winning soon yep we got our feet under us now it's time to hit the road and really get the work done nigeria checking in 11 p.m let's go wow Got work very late tomorrow, too. Sacrificing work for the DMVR Buffs primetime. Incredible stuff. Beautiful thing. Um, First story that we're going to talk about today, though, is expansion, a topic that has been very relevant over the last two years. Yep. Uh, The Pac-12 on the wrong side of expansion last season. But things are changing. Dennis Dodd posted an article, a CBS Sports article, on San Diego State and Pac-12 expansion. A lot of hype on their new Snapdragon Stadium that mm. has a ton of breweries and stuff in it. Who is this? San Diego State. Okay, all their right. The new stadium. The Snapdragon Stadium. The stadium the Chargers didn't want to play at. Right. Allie, would you mind um, just starring all the questions like the one there from Lawrence that we'll get to in the third? And yes. Guys, we'll get to all of your questions in the third, so appreciate it. Yes, for sure. Hit that thumbs up button while you're at it also. Anyways, in this Dennis Dodd article, he talked to J.D. Wicker, who is... Um, the San Diego State University Director of Intercollegiate Athletics. He says that in the... I don't know when the stadium exactly opened, but I think last year was the first full season. Yep. Um, he says before that, he was told, you're doing a great job, your break is coming soon, to now he's being told, you're the only team in Southern California that plays FBS football that isn't in the Big Ten. Wow. So, San Diego State, we've been seeing a lot of... Uh, I don't know, smoke pointing to them joining the Pac-12 potentially. Uh, Dennis Dodd points out in this article, Pac-12 expansion should not happen until the new media media rights deal is signed, and that is expected to be the first quarter of this year. So literally any time now, what we've been saying for months and months. Um, Wicker also said, you want San Diego State in your league at a full media rights share because you don't want us in the Big 12. All these Big 12 schools would have a reason to come to Southern California to recruit. Um, I think Big 12 schools are maybe already doing that, though. I think that's a silly reasoning for, like, uh, uh, these are these these stories are always funny, right? Because they're trying to sell themselves 
Um, and it's almost like you act as if the people are stupid. Like you don't think Texas yeah. uh, is looking at California for guys. Mm-hmm. Um, now, obviously, they're about to move to the SEC. But you look around and you just see like all of these schools. They are all looking at Texas. Or they're all looking at California. With that being said, that's not the case for me. Mm-hmm. It's hey, look, you lost Southern California. Get it back. Yeah. Get it back quick and easy with a team that I don't know how to explain this, Jake, but they feel like they are uh, a Pac-12 school. For sure. When you watch San Diego State, it feels like they could fit into the Pac-12. They've had some big players, some big runs in both sports. Um, More basketball. They're a better basketball school than they are a football school, but they've had good history in the football world. And you should be wanting to expand your footprint in California now that you're losing your entire footprint in the southern part of the, of the state. For sure. Um, as you mentioned, San Diego State's been a good team in the Mountain West. They've been competing for titles, and they've been one of the most heavily linked teams, or universities, I should say, to the Pac-12 in this whole talk. Um, Fresno State's been linked in there. So let's, let's talk about this, because there's been a lot of schools that have been linked to the Pac-12, Let's rank these six schools Love in it. terms of who do you want the most to join the Pac-12. We're going to be talking about Boise State, San Diego State, Fresno State, UNLV, SMU, and Tulane. If anyone else has any candidates that you want to throw in there, we mm-hmm. can maybe entertain them. Yep. Uh, light up that chat. All right. Let's By the start. way, I saw Malaysia checking in. Yep. That's a first, I think. That is a first. Um, we've got people all over the country. We saw. I saw Louisiana, Canada. Louisville. Louisville, uh, Las Vegas. I mean, we're nationwide. You guys are the best. Buff Nation, man. Buff World. Buff World. Buff Universe? Buff Universe. <laughs> Let's start with San Diego State then. Um, we talked a lot about them. Are they your most desirable potential addition to the Pac-12? Hmm. Yes. Okay. I think so. Um, again, because it replaces a hole, mm-hmm. right? You have a hole right now in Southern California. Uh, and that would fill the hole in a small, much smaller way. So maybe it doesn't fill the hole entirely, but at least gets you tapped back in there um, and keeps the Pac-12 relevant in that area. Yes. Next one, probably the biggest football brand in terms of these five schools, Boise State. Yeah, Boise State's always been like flirting in and out. Yep. I almost felt like they got picked up at one point. I think they so. joined the Mountain West from the so, WAC. So they got from the WAC to the Mountain West. And like I swore at one point they leveled up again. Maybe it was like they were close to a deal with the Big 12 or something mm-hmm. along those yeah. lines. And it didn't ever come through. To me, this one makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. And maybe I would rank as a, a pure football decision, you put them above SDSU. Mm-hmm. Um, SDSU, you do it for the market. Boise, the thing working against them and probably why they haven't joined a big conference at this point is because they don't have a big market. Right. At the same time, it's a it's a national brand. I think they have established themselves large enough on a football scale to where people know Boise, like appreciate them as a football school. Um, and you are going to be losing a big chunk of good football in losing USC and UCLA. Yep. I would, if I were Boise, I'd be pointing at Utah and say, look, that's what a school who does really well in the mountain West can do when you bring them to the Pac-12. 
So maybe not a big uh, football brand, but a massive market, UNLV. Do you pursue the market alone, even though the football is bad? bad. Yeah. Yes, I would. Now, this depends on how much you are wanting to expand. Because if you're looking for two, UNLV is going to be, in my opinion, in a dogfight for that second spot. Um, and maybe it's Fresno. Maybe you add two more teams in California, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Fresno, obviously, much better football tradition, too, than UNLV. Um, Boise, obviously, is the opposite, right? Where they're a great football school, not much of a market to speak of. And UNLV, you have this this um, boiling sports market, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you bring the Raiders there. Um, they have a WNBA team there. I believe they're getting an MLB team there soon. Um, the Golden Knights have been fantastic since they landed in Las Vegas, and their fan base has been rabid. Yep. It feels like that's about to become a major sports city in America, and you have an opportunity to capture that. Now, it's just an odd place mm-hmm. um, because it's there's not a ton of people that live there um and obviously it's no it's known for the strip but then there's all these like suburbs around it it's kind of an odd yeah it's not your normal city by any stretch of the line um and that makes it complicated but it's very pac-12 um it's also where you're now hosting your championship game every year so and your uh conference basketball tournament Mm -hmm. so it's a big you know the pac-12 already has a footprint there I think it comes down to, are you looking for football quality or are you looking for a market that fits? And that it would be the tiebreaker between UNLV and Boise for me. Okay. So right now we're SDSU, Boise, then UNLV. That's what you got it at? Yeah. Okay. I do love Las Vegas. Um, We will circle back around to UNLV because there's some things I want to say, but how about Fresno State? They've been, their AD and their administration have been trying to make a push also for the Pac-12 or just joining another conference think they see the writing on the wall with the Mountain West. It's a football brand, an NFL brand at that. They've sent very good players to the league. Um, you got Leonard Payne coming over there to join the Buffs this year. Mm-hmm. How high do we put them on our potential uh, Pac-12 candidates? I was trying to see where, see if I could find it quickly. I couldn't. I wanted to see what the size of the Fresno TV market was um, because – it feels like it would even be smaller than Boise. Mm-hmm. Um, but there you go. Um, Number 55, I think yeah, it is. Yeah, I got. I saw 56. You want to look up Boise for me while you're at yeah. it? This is a tough one. It's kind of the in-between of what we just talked about, right? Yep. Not, you know, you're, you have the California thing going for you, but how, how big is it really? Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't feel like they've necessarily... gathered a large group of fans from out there it's not a name brand where a lot of the fans out there just latch on to the name brands such as usc right you know uh ucla whatever they haven't gotten that it's kind of an in-between market in terms of geography Mm -hmm. it doesn't feel like a top option for me i agree even though they might be the best football team maybe besides boise state right now um, long term, I just don't see it as a move that would really reap the benefits that some of these other schools would. So let's go to Texas, SMU. Um, they've got the Dallas market, so it's a huge market. 
as a team, they've really seen it come up. I mean, they had Sonny Dykes and Garrett Riley. Uh, they lost them, and I think they lost some steam this last year. Uh, I don't remember off the top of my head their football record. But they were a solid team. They've been sending some guys to the league, so 7-6 and six last year. Um, of course, going way back in their history. Really quick. Go for it. Boise, 101. Okay. So way down. I saw 98. Way down below Fresno. Yep. Uh, whereas Las Vegas, all the way up at number 40. Mm-hmm. And then um, who else? Oh, isn't San Diego like a top 15 market also? Let me see. San Diego's at 27. Okay, so top so 30. San Diego, Las Vegas, if you're just going market size, which is a big part of this, would be the would be the move. Well, one of the biggest markets in the country is Dallas. So SMU. Yep. How do you feel, especially with Coach Prime? I would love to add SMU uh, to the Pac-12 because, like you said, Dallas, number five market. Um, and SMU, an interesting football history, but a football yes. history nonetheless. <laughs> yep. But just giving the Pac-12 a footprint in Dallas where Coach Prime is probably the biggest he is anywhere right? Uh, is a, a huge dub for the Buffs. Yeah. So I assume Rick George, Coach Prime are saying, let's take a look at SMU. Mm-hmm. That looks great because it does matter. I, I think sometimes people think this is overblown, but it matters to be able to go into a, a, a kid's house. And, you know, a lot of times the parents are saying, well, we're coming to Boulder for every game anyway. Mm-hmm. but it's not just the parents it's the aunts the uncles the cousins right. to be able to say hey you're gonna have a game here every two years here in dallas um you know and we'll make sure you guys have all the tickets you need whatever that type of stuff does matter uh and it, it it'll make it not feel so far from home whereas it's really not but just right in terms of a you know literal the the feeling of like Oh, we're going to Colorado. Yeah, they're in the same conference as SMU, which is right here in Dallas. Yep. A lot of people pointing out Bucky played and went to SMU. So yes. you got that connection. It's really interesting. In the, I think it was the well-off from last night, him talking with uh, one of the guys, and they were drawing up offense and talking about how you can call yeah. it, how you could scheme it. Yep. And he was talking about how they went run, they, you know, they were running the run and shoot with June Jones. Yeah. And then they brought in Hal Mummy while he was there, and yep. they were like trying to combine the run and shoot with uh the air raid and i was like man you know we rarely get to uh see and hear bucky talk about football but i thought that was kind of a cool i wish he'd do it more i know me too but i think that's because you and i are a little bit of football nerds yeah that's true okay uh last team out of the six tulane uh they've been getting a lot of pump in the comments they had an amazing year last year they beat usc outright um usc i mean you could argue maybe didn't have all their players but still beat them on a neutral field um this one seems a bit tougher to gauge. I mean, you have the market in New Orleans, but short-term success, I mean, not a there is history to Tulane, but not to the level of, you know, sending guys to the league like your Boise States, um, your SDSUs. And Lawrence points out in the comments, Shadur's QB trainer went to and played for SMU also. Mm-hmm. I think that's the guy that he was talking to. I don't know his name if you guys want to put yeah. it, point it out in the comments. Um, Tulane doesn't feel right. Yeah, it just doesn't. Um, it, it reminds me of some of these other conference expansions where you're like, what do you mean that team is in that conference? Perfect one is UC- USC and UCLA going to the Big Ten. Yes. The, the thought of turning on f- college football first thing in the morning and the 10 a.m. game is like USC at Purdue is yep. so weird. Yep. It doesn't feel right. And that's not feelings that aren't all that matter. 
but I would put them last on my list just because Tulane in, in Louisiana being in the Pac-12, the Pacific 12, mm-hmm. makes no sense. Okay, so where did we rank SMU? Where are we putting them? Above Fresno, I'm assuming. Yes. So are we going above Boise? Because this is a Buffs podcast, and all I honestly care about is the Buffs, not the rest <laughs> of the Pac-12. I'm putting them all the way up at number two. Okay. So SDSU, SMU, Boise State, UNLV, Fresno State, Tulane is our top six from what we talked about. Yeah, and you know, someone might say, you just said no Louisiana because it feels weird and having a, a school in Dallas. Honestly, Texas and Colorado are not far apart. No. If you were to start driving right now, trying to get to Texas, now Texas is huge. Yeah. But you can hit Texas in like four or five hours. For sure. Then you have a long, like yeah, twelve-hour drive after that to make it anywhere else. Yep, <laughs> it takes a while. Um, going back to UNLV, though, man, this is a team that has really struggled in terms of the football program. Have only been to two bowl games since two thousand. They won in two thousand in the Las Vegas Bowl, lost in the Heart of Dallas Bowl in twenty thirteen. Going back to two thousand, they have only eclipsed five wins twice. Wow! Both of those years, two thousand and twenty thirteen. This is SMU. This is UNLV. Oh, this is UNLV. Yep. Uh, Marcus Arroyo hired there in 2020 during COVID. Went 0-6. 2-10 and in 21. Respectable 5-7 and last year, though. Yeah, I mean, they're down so bad that him going 5-7 and got him, like, mentioned in... <laughs> in the buffs. Yeah, in yeah. coaching search. It was like, wow. If it, it's kind of like the Dan Campbell thing, right? It's right. Like, wow, Dan Campbell had a winning record with the Lions? Yeah. That's impressive. <laughs> yeah. um, same thing as Arroyo. That's the tough part of UNLV mm-hmm. it's just like you're almost hoping that being in the Pac-12 would be enough to make them respectable because let's be honest good players come from Las Vegas oh yeah not enough to sustain a program but you know I think a lot of people said this about Colorado when we were down bad it's like if you could just keep the good players in Colorado in Colorado then that gives you a nice foundation for your program. And mm-hmm. I think the same thing would be true of, of UNLV. Like if they're just getting these beasts who are in and out of Bishop Gorman every year, right. or at least getting a couple of them, it could go a long way. It's just a risky and weird move to be like, okay, well, we know you suck now, but if you were in our conference, maybe you could be better. Yeah. Whereas like all the, the other teams would be like licking their chops being like, yes, please bring UNLV in here so we can ha- add a win to the schedule. Right. Um, so some other teams I saw mentioned in the comments, BYU, that's not happening. They just went to the big 12. Um, they would have been a candidate. I think if you, maybe you go back two years, a year and a half from now, probably the top candidate. Yeah. I don't know why, why that wouldn't work out and why it didn't work out. Um, it would have seemed to make a lot of sense. Maybe it was just like the PAC 12 wasn't aware that USC and UNLV were, or UCLA were plotting mm-hmm. and if they were maybe they would have opened those conversations with byu earlier yep uh yes nicholas we did see the charles kelly video video we will be talking about that shortly Can uh, i just say i hate conference expansion and change in college football yeah it sucks it really sucks obviously i'm dialed into the pac-12 and i'll always know who's in or out of it the other conferences i have no idea especially like the american and like things like that i'm like there, who is playing what? The Big 12 How? now. Yeah. UCF and um, they have West someone. West Virginia didn't belong there. Like, no. Um, who, who else did they get? They got BYU, obviously, but they got, uh, man, they got some other zone like that. the East Coast. Yeah. Like they are literally across the nation now. Yeah. It's a bummer. Um, um, 
it's funny because I was very pro the Buffs going to the Pac-12 when it happened. And I think it was just because it was like a cool new thing. Right. And now I look back and I like long for, you know, obviously a yearly matchup with Nebraska. Right. Um, like Ames, Iowa doesn't sound so bad anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, another school that was intriguing that was starting out in the comments, North Dakota State. I feel like they're a huge no. candidate to move up at some point. Maybe not the Pac-12. Yes, but exactly. Yeah. It's like if you pull, the, pull uh, San Diego State out of the Mountain West, maybe they go in to replace them. And then a few right. years from after that, that's when they're going into the Power Five. But from FCS to Power Five would be a weird thing. And I don't think they want to do that. I think they would have if they really wanted to. They have the brand to do it. I think they totally know where they stand and love being the dominant program uh you know of where they are at it's not a one-for-one comparison at all but Mm -hmm. like alabama's not making the move up to the nfl if they were offered right you know what i mean (laughs) like no it's much better to just dominate here at the call at the uh college level and for them i think they're just going to be the alabama of the fcs uh forever uh, Bobby throwing out Cincinnati. That was the team I was thinking of. So the Big Twelve, Cincinnati to UCF to Texas to, I don't the Midwest, just everywhere. Um, another school I saw thrown out was New Mexico State. That ain't happening, man. Um, an intriguing one though, UTSA. It seems like it would be a next, a next phase thing. So like, let's say you go get an SMU, right? Um, and maybe right now you're at twelve. You want to go back to twelve. So you get SDSU and SMU. And then eventually the brand, you know, if college football keeps going like it is right now, which I don't think it's going to, I think we're going towards two conferences, which I've talked about a lot. Yep. Um, and I would say if the two conference moves happen right now, the buffs would be in. Yeah, they definitely would be in. Which is crazy. Because t- three months ago they were out. Way out. Yes. <laughs> Way out. Oh, where's Denver on this list, by the way? 16, number 16. So, you know, we've always had that going for us. Yep. But... The Buffs would absolutely be in if we just tomorrow they were like, we're going to two conferences. You're either in or you're out. We'd be in. Um, anyways, if the Pac-12 is around for the next five years, let's say. So you add, you go back to 12 and then you want to go to 16. I could see a UTSA like being in that mm-hmm. mix because now, OK, well, we have Texas on the footprint. Let's expand, you know, a little bit south uh, and expand that footprint in Texas. That would make sense to me. By the way, Utah State. That's a solid program. Solid program in a place where you're already at, but maybe that's one of the reasons why you don't do it. Yeah. It's because you're like, we have Salt Lake. We don't need more Utah. Yeah, Ogden's not too far away from Salt Lake anyway. Right, and so. it's not a market at all. Right. Um, we'll see, man. Re, uh, I don't know. Restructuring has been what I call it. Not even uh, realignment. It's, Conference restructuring. It's restructuring college football. It's restructuring the sport. Yep. It's and been insane. With the new setup of college football, the haves and have-nots are so very clear. Mm-hmm. And I said it when this coaching search started. I said this is the biggest coaching search in Colorado football history because this is the hire that's probably going to decide whether you're a have or you're a have-not. Yep. And Rick George cannot be patted on the back, thanked, given enough flowers for – Hiring the best person he could have possibly hired by a long shot. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you could say, oh, Saban, Kirby's. No, those aren't options. Right. He found Coach Prime and found the one person in the country that could make the buffs go from have nots to haves 
overnight in the most important cycle ever. Great job, Rick. Renegade with the comment, all this all this expansion talk is nonsense. CU has all the power right now. We need to talk about CU going to the Big 12-10, even the SEC. That's it. That's kind of what we are talking about. Basically. Um, because like I said, I think it's going to be a two-conference game very soon. Uh, and the two conferences, of course, are the SEC and the Big Ten. Uh, and I've joked it's going to be the AFLAC and the State Farm. And it's probably going to be 20 teams or so each. Yep. And that's it. Like, that's the end of college football as we know it. Right. Now it's just a different version of the NFL. Yep. Uh, it's going to be a new league name, too. Right. Which is going to be odd. And and I, I kind of hope it takes as long as possible for it to happen because I don't know if I'm ready for that level. But the Buffs will be in on that. Mm -hmm. um, and maybe for them, the sooner the better because they have Coach Prime on their side now for sure. Right. Um, okay. That's enough. Uh, restructuring uh i don't know realignment talk for a while hopefully so i'm here to tell you guys about our friends over at DraftKings sportsbook four teams two conference championship games left in the nfl season no better place to bet than at DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nfl new customers can put down just five dollars and get 200 in free bets instantly if you bet on this weekend's conference championship games you can also boost your winnings up to 100 percent with their stepped up same game parlays um, I followed in your, uh, I guess your pattern, Ryan. I put money on Sean Payton, and now it looks like he's out for the running. So I said, yeah, don't do that. Well, yeah. I said I wasn't going to do that. Yeah. Um, my David Shaw ticket, which I took because I was like, I'll just pick the one that seems like they're out. Mm -hmm. Kind of looking good now. There you go. Does anyone have a D'Amico Ryan's ticket on the show? Not that I know of. Bummer. And now it's gone. Yeah. Can't bet it anymore. Well, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use code DMVR. New customers can bet $5 on the conference championships and get 200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code DMVR. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Also, shout out to Jive Hive, the virtual dispensary on wheels. That is J-I-V-E-H-Y-V-E.com. They offer the convenience and low pricing that you would want if you say you're a lawyer or a doctor. Um... They also have the privacy and security for discreet deliveries to wherever you may be. Uh, if you're at home already partying, don't want to leave the house, Jive Hive's got you covered. Just visit jivehive.com, that's J-I-V-E-H-Y-V-E.com, and get your order delivered the same day or schedule a delivery window. We'll be there to say hi. Head over to jivehive.com and enter your address to find out if Jive Hive can deliver to your door, now serving Aurora, Greenwood Village, Monument, Fountain, and various areas of El Paso County. That's J-I-V-E-H-Y-V-E.com. Don't drive, jive hive. Interesting comment here from Smoke in the comments who says, so you and Coach Prime need to be the Bama of the West. And the reason I bring this up as interesting is because that has not existed. The last true powerhouse in the Western part of the United States was Oregon and Chip Kelly. And even they did not win a national championship, um, made it to one. I was going to say USC with Pete Carroll. And you could even have to go back that far. So the position for a dominant college football program in the West is literally wide open and has been for a long time. Yep. Um, USC, you know, the door was wide open for them to jump back in. They fumbled the bag for years and years and years before finally getting Lincoln Riley. Now, I guess you could say they're still going to be around uh, in the West. You know, they're, yeah. not, they're not moving, but right. 
they're not you know play they're, they're not playing at least half of their games in the west yeah so it's different they would obviously be the number one candidate uh with lincoln riley being there and obviously caleb williams for now but other than that it's there for the taking it's there for the taking and by the way usc still even with lincoln riley missed the playoff well to your point the pac-12 has got to stop cannibalizing itself at some point too true um, we've seen it with Utah, we've seen it with USC and Oregon, both stumbling, all of them stumbling at the finish line. So my take on that is it's not the Pac-12 cannibalizing itself. Okay. It's those teams just not actually being good enough. It's fair. Like if you're a true dominant team, you just don't lose to like Oregon State. Right. In Corvallis. Mm -hmm. uh, you just beat them. Yeah. It's not the Pac-12 cannibalizing. It's just those teams not actually being true contenders. That's a good point. Um, all right. YouTube corner. Let's do it. YouTube corner. Yay. All right. Still waiting on the graphic. Still waiting on the graphic. We did. We will. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, let's start off with the Charles Kelly one. Um, they've been doing, the pregame show has been doing a lot of these kind of highlighting specific coaches on the staff, coordinators. We saw Sean Lewis's yesterday. We saw Nick Williams a few days ago. Now it's Charles Kelly's turn. For me, the most interesting part of that video was the very end. And we didn't see who, he's, who he was talking to. But we saw some measurements on the screen at yep. six foot one, six one 194. Okay. Um, and we saw some film on the screen that looked like Arkansas defensive tape. Yep. Against LSU. And he was talking about coverages. Yep. And safety play. And safety play. So that leads <clears throat> us to Miles Slusher, who sure we can safely assume he was talking to in that video. And man, he was very excited about what he's got in Miles Slusher. Um, just went through talking over some of the stuff he did at Arkansas. I don't, I'm not sure what year it was, but his time there. Compared him to Derwin James, or said the su that some of the stuff he was doing was that Derwin was doing at FSU. Yeah. And, I mean, amazing stuff to see. And I told you before the show, like, I don't necessarily know uh, who exactly or how, like, this normally looks. Because we normally don't get to see behind-the-scenes footage right. of coaches talking to players. And that's one of the, been one of the great things of the coach prime era. Um, but it's kind of funny to see it and then be like, wait, is he like just gassing him up or does he really believe this? Um, and just the whole entire interaction between those two was really cool to see because it, it really felt like at the very least, uh, Charles Kelly sees a lot of potential there mm -hmm. and is trying his best to get, miles to realize that yep uh we go back to that nick williams video and he was talking about how he loves to like show recruits and players like this is how we want to use you like specifically that's what charles kelly was doing in that video mm -hmm. i mean he was talking they were talking cover five cover two they were going through cover two like structure and responsibilities like the whole thing can't even call cover five in that it's cover high is uh two two man under or two man like man to man too high oh okay yeah so cover two man yes okay fair yep anyways um <laughs> it was it was cool it was cool to see and what's the one that you were just mentioning um with nick williams yes he mentioned i love putting on nfl tape because that's when you get everyone's attention because that's yep. where everyone wants to go mm -hmm. um and you know instantly you comp a dude to derwin james who by the way was coached by charles kelly yep uh and you've got his attention mm-hmm um, another interesting bit from that video, Wallow said, you can see he took all his Alabama notebooks and there were 10 of them. 
So this was a conversation we had the other day uh, on the Broncos podcast, which was, do the coaches get to like keep the playbook or whatever when they leave, or do they have to like turn it in? Um, and I was interested to see that, like, what what are in those gigantic binders that he has there? Is that the playbook? Is that his notes? Is yeah. that what? But it was it was a cool thing to just see like how much volume literally he had uh, on the shelves there. Interesting note. Someone on this podcast set has uh, multiple copies of Nick Saban defensive playbooks. Wow. That is an interesting note. Yes. We I'll share them with you at some point. <laughs> Let's check it out. Um, okay. Next video, the Shador Sanders video on his YouTube page. He's finally allowed to work out with the team. I'm not sure if he was like paperwork Transfer and paperwork, enrollment, yeah. something like that, but that's what he said in the video. Um, looks like him and Montana Limonius Craig are real buddies, though. That's They've been sweet. hanging out quite a lot. That's sweet. Great work by Montana. Yes. Uh, to get in on the uh, the right side of things. You know, this is this is another thing that we've talked about on the Broncos is these guys building chemistry with quarterbacks is literally everything. Mm -hmm. um, when you're a wide receiver, you have to get that quarterback to trust you, and the trust starts off the field you know yep uh and it's cool to see montana like knowing knowing the objective and I i'm not saying he's like being a you know right. a snake yeah but just saying like hey like uh, you know getting to know shador and those two hitting it off is great news for him yep um they've also been hanging around a lot with jimmy horn uh caleb mathis has been hanging out those with those guys a lot um i saw montana with jimmy at the basketball game last week so not only is he taking to Shador, but it seems like he's taking a lot of these newer and younger players under his wing too, kind of showing them how it's done at CU. We saw some footage of Coach Mack walking around. He yes. was at practice um, in the well-off video. He was hanging around in the, uh, the cafeteria area. Just great to see him walking around doing okay. So cool. And someone actually commented yesterday, like, I don't think they're going to show any of the interaction between coach prime and coach mac and so i was just thankful that we got to see the little bit that we did um you know uh, i thought it was cool coach mac said i'm so proud of you yeah uh and that was like i just thought that was a special moment and uh i think it's in the shador one but uh when they're in like the indoor practice practice facility uh coach prime goes y'all better clap this is a living legend we clap when a living legend comes in i love that uh i had the great pleasure about five years ago or so mm -hmm. of uh playing 18 holes with coach Mac. Uh, and it was, it's something that I'll remember for the rest of my life. Um, but it was so funny because he could not help himself, but to coach. Yeah. Like <laughs> he was just coaching the whole, because we were on a team together, you know, yeah. it was like an event and he just, he was just coaching the whole time. That's and great. So the story that I always tell everyone is I was hitting the sand shot and you know, if, if any of you guys know golf, you got to swing hard to hit it out of the sand. Mm -hmm. If you don't hit it right, it's coming out hot. Yeah. And so coach, uh, coach Mack is standing on the other side of the green from me, like, but like directly where I'm trying to hit it, you know, kind of mm -hmm. behind the flag from where I am. And I just go, Hey, coach Mack heads up just in case I catch this one thin. And he just goes, no, 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 no. He just walks all <laughs> the way across the green, literally gets down in the bunker with me, puts his arm around me and goes, son, you can never think about that. Oh never think God. what if i hit this wrong the second that you let that into your mind you're going astray 
Think about what's going to happen when you hit it right. Visualize yourself putting that ball on the bottom of the cup, and he's just like going off. And I was just like, I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going <laughs> to let him cook right now. That's so he finally finishes, and I was like, Coach Mack, I appreciate and understand everything you're saying, but I'm not going to be known <laughs> as the guy who put you out by hitting you in the head with a golf ball. Yeah. And he just laughed and walked away. That's amazing. Once a coach, always a coach. Yes, huh? exactly. Um, Ali, you can throw that super chat from Sean up um, because we saw Levante Bentley for the first time in that Shador Sanders video. Sean says, is Levante Bentley a grown man or what? And he is very <laughs> physically impressive. That's awesome. Um, he said uh, they were in the cold tub, hot tub walk area. Mm -hmm. Levante said that his goal was to lead the nation in tackles this year. Wow. Yep. I mean, that's what the buffs need uh desperately they need a guy who can get out there and just eat up tackles mm -hmm. uh it's something that we had in nate landman a couple of years ago right um, he's on the falcons now and it was something they just desperately missed last year now i think chandler tomato put up decent numbers in terms of tackles he was good. their leading tackler yeah, yeah he put up good tackle numbers but you never felt him you know what i mean yeah where it was just like oh my god like eight is everywhere yeah the Buffs need that, uh, and maybe it is Levante Bentley, and I've been very worried about the position, and I hope Levante Bentley comes in and just blows my you know, expectations out of the water because we just didn't see enough of him at Clemson to know, yep. but he was high, highly sought after. He is physically imposing, and it would be amazing if he just comes in and just can be that guy who every player, like, he was there again? Yep. Uh, so I I'm pulling for him. I hope that's the case. Me too. I mean, also, did I did he wear seven at Clemson? Why do I have seven in my head for him? Um, you know what? I don't know, but I will find out for you. Okay. Uh, he was a former four-star recruit, though. Only played, I think, less than five hundred snaps in his four years. Number forty-two. Okay. Um, I don't know why I'm envisioning him wearing seven. Well, he ain't gonna be wearing seven for the Buffs this year, because Cormani McLean's uh, gonna be wearing. Ah, yes, of course. Um, yeah. So an interesting number for a corner. Yeah. I like, like he's kind of blazing his own path there. Well, Travis decide 12 is an interesting number for a corner too. Yep. For sure. All right, guys, get your questions in. We'll get to them very shortly before that. I'm going to tell you all about our friends at Breckenridge brewery. You guys know, we love our Breck beers here at DMVR and we're going to be at the farmhouse tomorrow doing all of our shows. I heard you have a very busy day tomorrow. Four shows, four shows from the, the farmhouse. Thankfully, I'll be in a restaurant, so I'll definitely yes. be able to eat lunch. Yes, me too. <laughs> Can't wait. Um, we'll be there live at 3, um, and then I think after that, we are also doing a draft pod. So if you guys are looking for more draft or NFL conversation, check that out. Even just looking at this picture, you could just see how vast that place is. It looks like you're it's entering massive. a neighborhood. It, That's just yeah. the Breckenridge Brewery It's a legit campus. campus. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's a large plot of land that they own out there. Um, anyways, you can try out some of our favorite beers, the Avalanche Amber Ale right in front of us here on set, or the new Mile High City Golden Ale, or perhaps my favorite, the Mountain Beach Sour, or your favorite, the Strawberry Sky. Yep. Check out all those at their beer locator at www.breckbrew.com to find a Breck Brew near you. Also, shout out to the American Raptors at Infinity Park. The American Raptors are back, and they have joined a new league, the Columbia Rugby Federation. They have... Uh, plenty of athletes from multiple sports backgrounds, football, basketball, baseball, wrestling, soccer. 
The best part about hitting up an American Raptors game is their games are free. You can also stream them for free on their website. Head on over to AmericanRaptors.com. Grab your free ticket for the upcoming season. And as I said, if you can't make a game, you can stream all their games for free on their site. Check them out. Let's get to questions. Um, I got asked a t- question on Twitter that I want to lead with. <laughs> all right. We are, we're light on likes, I just got to say. We are a little light on likes. Let's try and get that to 250 real quick. Oh, wow. Right dislike. That, I we get hit with a dislike. Shame. Sheesh. Chris McRae got in my DMs and he asked me specifically to ask you about the blue uniforms from the 80s, Ryan. What can you tell us about CU's blue unis? Why are we bringing up old stuff? That's what I have to ask. Um... <laughs> The blue was awful. Yes. Uh, it, it just looked like UCLA, if we're being completely honest. They brought in like a powder blue They uniform. looked like the Chargers. Um, yeah, they did. Uh, except for the Chargers use yellow and we use gold. Um, I've, it, it was done during one of the worst eras of Colorado football ever, which makes it even worse, you know? Like if for whatever reason they had put on the blue and then won a national championship, it would have been tragic because they right. would have just had to keep it. Um, <laughs> but the opposite happened. They put on the blue and had two of the at least at least one, but maybe two of the worst seasons in program history. Um, so they really do look like UCLA. We just never, never, ever, 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 ever bring those back. In fact, when we were having the beginning of our down spell during the Dan Hawkins era, um, people essentially in protest of him being the coach wore powder blue to the game. As like it, it's it hasn't been this bad since we won. We wore powder blue. Sadly, it it only got worse after that. Um, but if if the question is, should they come back? The answer is absolutely not. Yeah, these are not great uniforms. <laughs> They're so bad. Did they paint the concrete thing blue also? No, no. I it really not. looks like it in that picture. It does. I think that's just like a gray because it wasn't painted. <laughs> Ah, uh, standard definition. All By right. By the way, never a bad day to mention repaint. Yes. The pavement in the end zone. That would be a great addition. Um, okay, let's go rolling with questions. We did get yes. Sean. Kimmy asks, "What was your reaction to the PHNX segment on ASU versus CU? Those guys must have forgot they only had one more conference win than the Buffs." I was hoping no one saw that uh, because it was just an embarrassing. They look got ripped the in the comments. Um, yeah, I don't know what to say about them. They um, they are finding themselves on on the wrong side of history. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah. um, we'll, we'll, I'm so sad we don't get that game in week zero because it would have been know. so perfect to you know because right because they started running their mouth long before that game was a thing. And it would have been so amazing to start the Coach Prime era by just shutting them up immediately. Unfortunately, we got to wait until what, week six now? October 7th. October 7th. I got to um, say, they're really giving off little brother vibes. Mm, jealousy is... Not a good look, guys. Jealousy is not a becoming look on anyone. Nope. Um, but congrats on your Coach Dilly Dilly or whatever his name <laughs> is. You are right. Week six, by the way. October 7th. We'll see you guys there. Yeah, we'll be there. Um... We'll see. All right, next question from Saeed, our guy. Did you see Coach Prime's custom jacket? And so good. 
It goes so hard. There's well, so he, many of them, too. You got several, yeah. Yes. The company that makes those, I guess, like, came in in one of the early well-off videos when he got to see yeah. you and was like, we can do a white one. And they got all of these different looks. And, man, those I go know. hard. They're very fresh. Very fresh varsity jackets. Uh, from Lawrence. Oh, here we go. I forgot about this today. What can you tell us about Jamar Montgomery? Um, he did declare for the NFL. I, uh, let me go check that scholarship chart, though, and see if he was actually counted. I can't remember. I think he was a senior, though. Was he? Do I you thought. declare for the NFL draft if you're a senior? Well, I Isaiah Lewis have... did because he tried to enter the portal, and then he had to enter the draft. But is it like a senior thing where you have the, still have the COVID year? Yes. In your back pocket. Yeah, he was classified as a senior last year. That's okay. what he's on as the roster has. Um, he was a player that, I mean, he didn't have a great year until the defense really changed that mm -hmm. Cal game. He was put into that new Joker standing up edge type role where he's able to use his athleticism and speed more. Um, I thought him and Guy Thomas, like in combine settings, are going to yeah. get on some radars for sure. Yeah, for sure. He was physically, he looked like he was going to be better than he ended up being. Yeah. Um, 6'2, 250. Hopefully, that is a scholarship opening, but it doesn't sound like it. Um, I'm trying, give me a minute, I'll find okay. this. Next one is from Angela, who says, Will USC try to stay on CU's schedule after they join the Big Ten? No, I wouldn't expect it. Mm -mm. Now, you'll probably have some of these like series that get scheduled just to harken back to it, but it brings up a good point. I need the Buffs to beat USC this year yep. very badly because we have never beat them in our program history, and I don't want them to be able to hold on to that when they leave the conference. And then, you know, 10 years from now, we schedule a game, and it comes up again. Yep. So let's let's get one on the way out, have the last laugh, uh, and then 10 years from now, I can say, you guys haven't beat us in 11 years. CU has the offense now to potentially go toe-to-toe. -to -toe. They were up 7 to th What was it, 7-3? to three? Suppose it should have been or down. They could have gone up ten to three. Yeah, is what it was. I think it was. Oh man, the good old days. <laughs> uh, Jamar Montgomery isn't on Adam Munster Tiger's uh, scholarship list. This was last updated on the twentieth, and they had ninety four then. So this doesn't affect that. All right, at least nine more. Yep, long way to go. RJ asks for you guys so far watching the workouts. Do you guys see anything different from last year's off-season workouts so far? Well, we didn't see anything from last year's off-season workouts. We yep. saw we didn't see hardly anything from uh, off-season content. So we're seeing a lot of brand new stuff also. Uh, you can go to the next question, Ali. Um, I believe Lawrence is asking kind of the same question here. Another scholarship opened up negative. They'll get under, though, guys. I promise. I'm trying um, to look for some news really quick. So okay. hold on. Oh, I know what you're looking for. <laughs> um, super chat from Lamar. Coach P wants to win a championship with the Buffs. Coach P. Oh, Coach Prime. <laughs> Duh. That does feel weird. Yeah. It seems uh, it's not big enough. I know. <laughs> yep. Um, he does want to win a championship with the Buffs, though. It seems that way. Yeah, and I mean, that's why there's kind of a lot of... I don't know what the word is. Um conversation around how long he's going to be here right because if he really wants to win a championship here it's got to be at least three right 
probably more. bare minimum yeah, yeah. for that. And that's reaching, I feel like. If right. you want to build a championship, you have to have a five-plus year plan. Right. So Nick Saban took over at Alabama in 2007. When did they win their first national championship with him? Uh, Was that 2012? That's what I w- was going to guess. The LSU-Alabama game, right? That's what I was going to guess. Yep. So... It takes time. It does. Um, and by the way, Alabama wasn't coming from one win. But no. it wasn't as easy to turn things around quickly back then. They had some growing pains though in those years in between. Uh, next question. Also, another super chat from Lamar. He asks, I think you guys are selling Coach Prime shirt shorts? No, not shorts. Shirts, though. If the buffs hit the ground running and win seven-plus games... Uh, Oh, we're selling oh. Coach Prime short. Okay. If the Buffs hit the ground running and win seven-plus games, schools are going to throw their program at Coach Lewis. Yeah. We We've agree. said that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it was in our 23, right? Or our 20 for 23? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I predicted. Sean Lewis gets a, a big-time job next year. I just – if things go as well as I think they could on offense, he is going to be a coveted, coveted name. Yep. By said the way, it. I was looking for KV on Thunderbird to yeah. see who he committed to. It looks like he's pushed back. Oh, no. Um, so we're back to come on five central time. That means four our time. Uh, so in seven minutes here, we should find out. But I will say it uh, doesn't sound like he's going to be a buff. Yep. Maybe if you guys get us to 300 likes, we'll stay on past four o'clock and <laughs> discuss. Let's go. <laughs> um, H family, what's up? Are there any recruits in particular that you're excited about that's coming in this weekend? I mean... Most of them, yeah. Uh, There's some dogs coming in. They're Louie, for sure. Oh, big time. Uh, And the list just keeps getting more impressive. Um, It's just crazy. It's crazy. The one that I'm probably most excited about would be the uh, number one offensive tackle in the country. Him, Ryan Wingo, I think would be huge, too. Five-star wide receiver in the 2024 class. Uh, They've got some huge running back recruits. Coming into town too. Yep. So number one running back, right? Or number two? Uh number one in twenty-five, I believe. And I think they've got a top one in twenty-four. So sweet. Yep. Another super chat from Sean. Now that Prime's wearing Nike again, think that they'll bring out the white, black, and gold Prime 96s would go hard with the buff unis. So I like the day the buffs hired Coach Prime, I looked to see if I could snag some of those. Yeah. Um they're in very low supply and very high demand thousands upon thousands yeah yeah big numbers um and then of course you have to go through like do i trust this place right so you're even more worried they absolutely should um it's definitely interesting to it would be interesting to hear more about like where the relationship stands with coach prime and nike um because i heard you know I, i kind of i guess broke the news a little bit on this show way back when just that like coach prime is willing to work with nike that wasn't right going to be a hang up in the buffs getting a deal done with him and it seems like he's hyped on this stuff now oh yeah uh, so i hope that relationship gets to the point where they bring back uh those those shoes because i want a pair and i can't get them right now a re-release would sell out just so quick instantly yeah you got to do it nike uh question from richard what do you think of the offensive line coach, Bill O'Boyle? I mean, he looks like an offensive line coach, I'll tell you that. All I can say is I watched a lot of Kent State film on the Buffs hired Sean Lewis, yep. and 
my first takeaway was this offense is badass. Um, my second takeaway was, wow, it's very demanding on offensive line and wide receivers. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- they have to be very well coached in this offense. Yep. Well, I was almost relieved when we found out that Bill O'Boyle was coming along with Sean Lewis because he did a hell of a job teaching those boys how to execute that offense. And he brings over a guy in Savion Washington who knows it and can help kind of teach to the new guys. Yep. Next question from the H family. Any update on Guy Thomas and if he, if he will be returning next year? I haven't seen anything yet. Okay. He said he was going to talk to Coach Prime. So. Oh, my gosh. A huge super chat. Oh, my Lord. EJ. Wow. Thank $50. you, dollars. Oh, my goodness. A few of us are wanting to fly up from Houston, Texas for the spring game. Any idea on a firm date yet? Also, any hotel or restaurant recommendations close to the stadium would be appreciated. Well, I said yesterday, it's not official, and it's just something I heard, that you may want to keep the date April 22nd circled on your calendar. There you go. Um, There's not a lot of hotel options around the stadium. There's the St. Julian. That's the the nice, nice one down on Pearl Street, which is like the best area you could be in. Um, And then you've got like the Harvest House, which is close to the stadium too but not very nice. Uh, and then there's like a broker or something over by the dark horse. Mm-hmm. Um, very slim. If you go out just to Westminster though, right. Um, there's a lot more options. Um, that's about Louisville. Yeah. That, sorry. Yeah. Just to Louisville is what I meant. Um, there's a lot more options right there, like right off the highway where it's just like a quick 10 minute drive up to Boulder. Mm-hmm. There's also the Marriott over by the buff. There's the Hilton, like over by 20. Oh, Street you're right. Yep. So there, there is Boulder is expanding how many hotels they have for sure. Yep. The only one that I can say for sure I've heard good things about is the St. Julian, but also going to be the priciest That's by the priciest. a long time. I've, I've stayed at the Marriott and thought it was a really good stuff. Okay. And across the street, you have a really good uh, breakfast restaurant. There you go. There we go. And then on top of that, EJ just dropped another $5 super chat just because they can. And we really appreciate you. Appreciate you, EJ. Jamel, what is up, man? Who designs the uniforms and has final say? So Nike designs the uniforms. Um, And the way it's worked in the past essentially is like Colorado can give them ideas of things they like. uh, And then they're going to come through with the uniform. So Colorado can say, hey, we want gold numbers on the black Mm -hmm. jerseys or we want whatever. Um, and then Nike's going to turn out and their design team is going to turn it out the same way that like you and I can go to Eric and say like, we should do a a coach prime shirt that looks like this. And then he's going to create it based off of, you know, the feedback that we gave or the ideas that we gave. And then the university can say yes, if they like it or not, you know, Mm -hmm. and if they don't like it, they send it back and do something new or change it up. But usually they'll send them like a big, you kind of saw it, right? That big packet. I'm sure that was just full of options and ideas. Mm -hmm. Um, and then see you will send back some feedback oh we want to change this that and the other thing and then hopefully get the unis it's funny jake because the broncos have said they're in the process of changing their uniforms for right? years but they said well they damani leach who's just new this year right said okay. like we're gonna start the process but it's a multi-year process now jake why in the world would it be a multi-year process for them but the buffs are going to be able to get this <laughs> done in a matter of months same company Nike. That's an excellent question. I didn't think of that. I think they're dragging their feet. Yep. Just my thoughts. Um, I saw a comment. We were wrong. Coach Saban did win in year three. That's when they beat Texas, when Colt McCoy got hurt. Oh, wow. Yes. Yep. And was replaced by Garrett Gilbert, I, I think, think so, yep. 
Okay, good call. Mark Ingram's Crimson Tide. So year three, it's possible. It is possible. By the way, for been done. first year, Coach Saban played the Buffs in Mobile, Alabama in the mm. something bowl. Wait, no, it wasn't Mobile. Maybe it was Mobile. I can't remember now. Interesting. That was his but first bowl game at first, Bama? First, first year, first bowl game at Bama, Colorado versus Alabama. How'd it go? Um, they won. We made like a late charge to make it a game, but two programs that were headed in vastly different directions. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sean says, I booked a room at the NBC Suites for the SC game. Let's oh, go. baby. Uh, complimentary, complimentary drinks from 5 to 7.30. Let's go. Hell of a deal. Well, he threw it out there. Um, Rick. I love a good uh, hotel bar, by the way. Oh, yeah. Great, great, great place to have a drink. Top five drink setting for sure. I think so too. Uh, super chat from Rick. I appreciate the content you all provide to us fans. Long live DMVR. As an army vet, I'm digging the camo RK. It's a second camo like shout out yes. today. Appreciate that. Uh, hashtag Scobuffs, baby. We appreciate you, Rick. Thank you so much for following. And for your service. Yes, sir. Jeff, any other former buffs in the mix for coaching? What does that mean? I don't like know. Like a Ryan Walters thing? Um, like, maybe. are there any former buffs who are ca capable of coaching or going to coach, like a Hagen's? Yeah, um, not on this staff. Doesn't sound like, but uh, I don't know if there's like a. Oh, you know who's the next in line? Who? Uh, Chidera Uzo Deribe. Oh yes. Who is coaching the defensive line at Georgia, or mm -hmm. is involved in the defensive line at Georgia? Yep. I don't know exactly what his title is, but he has been a shooting star the way that he's uh kind of rose up the ranks started at colorado as a ga did a great job um there might have been another place in between but then he went to kansas uh i believe worked under less miles there then made it up to georgia and when the buffs were waiting on their defensive line coach i was thinking maybe he was a target for them yeah but he's going to be the next the next name from colorado in the coaching world Yep, uh, they hired Pat Hill to coach defensive tackles instead from LSU, yep. so not bad. Yes, we'll take a, another SEC coach. For sure. Um, <laughs> no way. I don't think we can do that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but while we're on that topic, absolutely just incredible content anytime we get Shiloh and Coach Prime in the same room. <laughs> Dude, the part where... <laughs> Shiloh's just like standing on the white carpet and Coach Prime just turns around and you just know shit's about He's to go down. Off the white, off yep. the white, off the white. And then, of course, Shiloh looks at uh, Bucky. Yeah. Who's holding the camera? And he's like, but. Yeah. Off the white, off the white, off the white. Oh, it's great. It was, um, it was great stuff. Another question for you. Yesterday on Twitter, you championed my idea to bring Ziskon as a guest. He mm -hmm. shot it down. What about Adam for a guest hit? People can learn about your history and learn recruiting. I mean,. We'll He's definitely try to get Adam. Uh, I know he's super, super swamped right now. Uh, so we'll see if we can make it happen. Maybe if when, if things ever cool down at all. But <laughs> yes. I'll assure you of this, Ryan. Tyler Ziskin will be here. You don't have to worry 100%. about that. There you go. Tyler Ziskin is 100%. one of my best friends. So whatever he said about I'm, st I'm staying out of the podcast game right now, <laughs> that won't last long. Going to dinner with him tomorrow. There you go. Stay tuned. Nicholas, again, do you guys feel like uh, it will be some visitors for 2023 this weekend that will go unannounced? I mean, so there is one JUCO tackle 
I know that is visiting that is 2023 eligible. I think he's the only 23 guy I've seen. So there, I mean, as you said, there could be more that we just don't know about. Yep. But, uh, I mean, this would be the weekend, I guess, to come in under the radar when you have this many future recruits visiting. So Nicholas Harbour? Uh, I've, there's some news on that. Oh? Jim Harbaugh visited him in home yesterday. Wow. Interesting. Yep. Well, when the Broncos panic and just throw like $30 million at Harbaugh <laughs> and get him away, um, then maybe he'll come back to the bus. All right. We're changing the topics uh, very <laughs> quickly here. The H family, unless you had more. No, I, no, I think Harbor is probably out of the cards, but I'm yeah. going to keep my fingers crossed. We'll see, man. Um, Coach Prime, I think, has he's got to have one surprise up his sleeve for signing day, right? I would think so. I would think so. It does feel like, though, it could end up being a uneventful, other than the fact that they're getting the ninth best cornerback recruit of all time. To officially sign. To officially yep. sign. Um, yep. H family, we'll see you reduce the amount of student tickets given the crazy demand. We've talked about this a bit. Uh, I wonder if they can like go back on their word of saying they're going to they, expand it. They definitely would, though, if they could. Like right now. Yeah piss off the students for sure not really though like really i don't think the students are going to be pissed if they get two thousand less tickets um what they'll do is they'll, what they should do again i'm assuming that people are listening to me uh when i say things <laughs> on this show now what you should do is take those two thousand back sell them out and then just oversell the shit out of the student section mm -hmm. and just say like figure it out you guys will be fine and you know you'll squeeze twelve thousand into ten thousand seats. Uh, I have a feeling they're going to be squeezing people in almost everywhere they can. I think so too. When that happened last year for the first game, for the of TCU the year, game, yeah. Oh my god! An hour before kickoff, you could barely like breathe. Like people, it was so packed. Yeah. I know. I know that students can already expect that. That's how it's going to be, no matter what. But man. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. I think it's you're going to see. Crazy student section overflowing into the staircases and all that stuff mm -hmm. i mean you heard it from Allie. like i've tried to tell you guys the student support has been insane for how bad we've been everyone on campus is talking about the football team right oh now. yeah everyone. um i actually forgot to mention this on the show i was at a, a diner down the street having breakfast like last week or two weeks ago and there were a bunch of high school kids there from denver east which is right down the street from us and i swear to god for the first time in my life i saw an entire table of high school kids talking about CU football. And I was like, oh, my God. That's amazing. We coming. But, I we mean, coming. we went to dinner with my little brother who goes to CU right now as a senior. And all of their friends are like, man, might need to take a fifth year. Like, <laughs> Coach Prime's first year. I'm not going to be able to miss that. So, you know, like, and Tyler said here, the student section would be like Hunger Games if they did that. Okay. I agree. Like, the fact that the TCU game was absolutely insane. Yep like mosh pits were starting like in the concourse and stuff i can imagine that every game by the way i told all crazy. her brother's friends who were talking about taking a fifth year i said my only regret about my fifth year is that i didn't take a sixth year <laughs> love that well maybe you can try and get a covid year yeah exactly there we go covid <laughs> year um on tcu though i think we've been underselling their losses i sent you that graphic today and man Sheesh. yeah that is um a lot to overcome mm -hmm. and maybe not even as many uh or as important as the one that wasn't on that graphic which is garrett riley right and by the way they replaced him with kendall browse who everyone hates yeah even tcu fans yes um it's gonna i can't wait 
I think the Buffs have a real opportunity. There we go. We've What's got um, Sloan here saying, does Folsom have screens outside of the stadium for fans who can't get in to watch the game live? Yes. They do. Franklin Fields, there's like a massive Oh, look, that's right. And yeah. I bet they might um, add more probably. But Franklin Field right next to the stadium is probably where most of the festivities will be with like extra TVs and stuff for during the games. I hope I, they won't do this, but I hope they just scrap the entire thing that they've been doing on Franklin Field. And I know they won't because it makes money. Mm -hmm. But essentially what they have on Franklin Field is like around the outsides of it, they have these tailgates, which are called like valet tailgates, um, which if you have the money for it, sure, it's great because you never have to take anything home. They like store all of your stuff for you. Then they bring it out on Saturday. So you pull up and your tailgate's already all set up, which is the high life, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. um, but it used to just be like that field is just full of cars. Everyone's tailgating on it, um, which was sick. Now they switched it up, but they do have a nice viewing setting out there for people who uh, who can't get into the game. Also, people who like to go out for halftime, uh, you know, have an extra drink. What? I don't think they'll allow the halftime in that area. I think they will. We'll see. Yep, just yeah. saw it. Thunderbird ASU, you, we kind of told you that was going to happen. Yep. It's mostly just sad because we Great don't get to have a player named Thunderbird on yep. our team. Congratulations, PHNX. You got Dilly Dilly <laughs> and Thunderbird. Um, yeah, we'll see what they can do on October 7th. What <laughs> future helmet concepts would y'all like to see, logo and color scheme? Um, I mean, we've talked about all these before. I love the CU Cliff Branch opening game ones from last year. Cormani McLean announcement graphic had that helmet on. Really? Yep. Wow, I'll need to go back and look at that then. It's, it's, it's a fire. great helmet. I'm, uh, it's time for the metallic gold helmet in one fashion or another. Uh, we've talked about doing metallic with the black horns, mm -hmm. which would be cool. Um, but anything metallic, I think, would slap. Um, you could also do like more of that gold leaf that you know Notre Dame has done a little bit. Right. Um, like I said, Coach Prime is going to lean into gold. Mm -hmm. So I think you're going to see lots of different variations of gold helmets and gold involved in the helmet in different ways. Or the straight-up chromes. Yeah. The Oregon chromes. The silver. Yes. Yeah. We'll Bring sweet. those in. Um, RK, while you were <laughs> crying after the buffs win the BCS uh, CFP, what yeah. throwback jersey will you be wearing, player and year? Mm. Go Nords. I have a Jay Sean Sykes jersey that I like a lot. Um, so I'll probably be wearing that. Although maybe we can somehow fulfill my dream of getting a Jeremy Bloom jersey yes. uh, that I was <laughs> never able to get as a child. And uh, I can throw that on. Maybe we should try and get Jeremy Bloom on the pod. We should. I've, I've talked to Jeremy Bloom a couple of times. You should talk to him again. Yeah. Last time I ran into Jeremy Bloom, I oh, was at a tailgate. Uh huh. I oh was in boy. rough shape. Yeah, but I felt like I, <laughs> it was bad. I, I felt like I held it together. <laughs> I felt like I actually held it together really well, but it, it was probably like one of those things where in my head I'm like, man, I'm holding it together right. well. And he was like, geez, this yeah. guy is tank. <laughs> uh, Lawrence brings up the Mata video, says he can kick in 50 plus. He actually said altitude. in that video, um, anything under 55, I'm good. Yeah, he's feeling it. Yep. One last super chat. Buzzer beater from Jonathan. Need a well-off logo on the uniforms. <laughs> and Prime Cleats love the show. And refer to Shiloh as Big 21. Big 21 or Big 2-1? Or Headache Gang CEO. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm 
have you seen those new cleats by the way that they're letting the recruits wear like, no they're like black with like a metallic gold swoosh are they the cleats that like shador and everyone was wearing in that video because they were talking about their cleats a little bit i didn't see that one okay um it could be them but i haven't seen the, the recruit ones you're talking about yep. that's it for today guys another good show uh, we'll be live at the Breck Farmhouse tomorrow. Can't wait for that. Draft pod after, of course, too. Let's go Buffs. Let's go Buffs.